settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today, we are getting into all the reasons why confidence will change your life and why being confident will give you the level up that you need. I'm going to just tell you all the things that like tangible, easy things that you can do and what the results will look like, what it'll feel like to actually embody this type of confidence. And the beautiful thing is that this is not going to require an unrealistic level up. This is not going to require you changing, you know, everything about yourself and changing your personality and changing your life and in drastic, unrealistic ways. It's literally just about mindful habits and things that you can start incorporating into your life but before we get into all of that i want to remind you guys to join the waitlist for my queens of confidence course that will be coming up in the new year i'm so excited i've begun the process of really working on the course and getting it all together so i want to make sure that those of you who are interested do get the you know first look or like first access like early access to the course because it won't just be open for tons of people to join it's not like I'm going to be taking you know 50 people into a course I like to keep things intimate I like to give people quality time and attention and I'm really excited about it so I don't have too many details but what I can say is that the course will basically be like you'll have a login where you can watch pre-recorded modules and get worksheets and things like that to kind of keep you on track but we will also be meeting on a weekly basis through zoom so this way um it's not just about pre-recorded stuff you kind of have those as resources to make sure that you can always look back on it but the real like one-on-one not one-on-one but like the real personal value with me is going to come from our weekly group sessions and not only am I there to guide you but the community will be there to support you and make friends and especially becoming you know uh, part of a community with like-minded individuals I think that that's going to just be invaluable and I'm kind of thinking of making like a group chat for the people in the course as well of course I'll be in it too but basically so that we can keep in touch with each other we can hold each other accountable it's not just like you don't talk to each other until you meet once a week I want it I want the program to just be like a really really tight-knit community and everybody grows together so those are the main things I could say right now you'll have the modules and the worksheets and all that you'll have the zoom sessions on a weekly basis and you'll have a group chat to really build that community so the um wait list is linked in the bio and if there's anyone who wants to work with me one-on-one sorry not the bio the show notes below of this podcast and if there's anyone who wants to work with me one-on-one then you can inquire about that through the show notes as well which will also be linked and this way you have the option for private coaching rather than group coaching if you really want to work one-on-one with me so all of that is going to be in the show notes and yes also in my bios on instagram if you are there so feel free to check that out but now let's get into the episode so like i said being confident will change your life 
So first things first is that everything is energy, okay? And you energetically attract exactly what you put out into the world. So when you are confident and when you energetically exude confident energy and confident vibes and positive energy and positive vibes, that will show in everything you do. That's what you will receive back because everything is a mirror. And you know when like you think something bad will happen and then it does and then you say, I knew it, I knew it, I knew that would happen. Well, unfortunately, that's why it did happen. You made it happen. You energetically created that result. And I know it's subconscious. It's not like you realize that you're doing it, but you have to start living more consciously because when you tap into that conscious, confident energy with everything that you say and do, then you will start to manifest and create positive results and good outcomes. It's so often that we think something is going to go wrong and then it does. And then we're like, knew it, knew it. Like I knew I was right. I knew I was right. Well, it's basically what you asked for. The amount of times that you said internally and out loud that this isn't going to work. It was basically like you were demanding it to not work. This won't work. This won't work. I'm not going to get what I want. It's not going to go my way. You said it so many times that you asked for it. And I know it's not what you want, at least not externally, it's not what you want. When it comes up in the surface, it's not like you said you don't want it to work. But there is something that is holding you back from actually truly divinely, deeply desiring and wanting it. There's something that's holding you back, like whether it's that you don't deserve it or you think this doesn't belong to you or you think this isn't for you or you think that you don't get to be like that or you don't get to have that or you're not that kind of girl. Um, These girls get this. I don't get that. Whatever. This isn't for me. Blah, 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 blah. You might have a victim story and your victim story just might be the reason why you don't get what you want because you think that you don't get to have what you want. You don't think, you don't see yourself as a person who gets what she wants. And for me, my energy and my confidence is that I get everything I want. I'm very rarely told no. And you already know what my mindset is. I only want what wants me. Anything that doesn't want me, I don't want it either. I don't fear rejection because you can't possibly reject me. If you don't want me, I don't want you. And with that energy, it's very, it's impossible for me to get rejected. I don't get turned out I don't get told no because in my mind I get everything I want I only want what wants me and that's my energy energy and that's the mirror that I receive back is things wanting me to and when you truly embody confident energy the next thing that's super important is that confident energy allows you to say yes when you mean yes And say no when you mean no. And you will stick to it. And you'll get to focus on your boundaries. And you'll get to be firm on them. And sure of them. And you will feel so much more safe. So many people are people pleasers. Or so many people have a scarcity mindset. So they say yes even when they mean no. Because they're afraid if they say no they won't get another opportunity. They say, oh, I have to say yes. I don't even want to go or I don't even like this person, but I have to go because if I say no, then they'll they'll never ask again or whatever. 
Scarcity, 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 scarcity. Insecurity, 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 insecurity. That's what I'm hearing when people act like that. You're a people pleaser. You don't believe in abundance. You don't believe that more opportunities will find you. So you say yes when you mean no and you say no when you mean yes. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. And it's honestly just a lack of boundaries. It's being, it's not being firm in them. It's not being sure of them. And when this happens, you never feel safe. I feel safe in my being every day. And if I ever feel unsafe, then I know that I feel insecure about a situation. And it doesn't mean I feel insecure like, oh my God, I'm so ugly. I hate myself. It just means I don't feel secure and I don't feel safe in this predicament with these people, with this crowd, in this environment, at this time, whatever it is. So for me, I have to identify where my boundaries are and remind myself and be firm of them and be sure of them and realize why I'm able to exude confidence is because that feeling of safety when I'm secure in myself and secure in the fact that I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Not a lot of people get to operate with that much integrity because they don't feel safe. So a lot of people compromise their integrity and compromise their ability to say what they mean and mean what they say because they don't feel safe. And feeling safe basically means I feel obviously confident and comfortable, but it's not fearing an outcome. Like when you feel safe, you do not have a fear that you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. You no, like this person loves me. This person appreciates me. I can be myself around this person. I can be vulnerable with this person. And I don't fear being left or I don't fear being judged. And you know when you feel safe versus when you don't. I feel like when I feel safe, I can just be quiet and I can just be in the zone and I could be in someone's company doing absolutely nothing. But when I am not totally, you know, comfortable or maybe I'm just getting to know someone, I don't really know them, whatever. We, we're, we're, not, we're not safe in silence around each other. We have to fill the, like, the silence with noise. And there's like a, 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 like a body language and a discomfort that you just don't feel like, ah, I'm at peace. So think about feeling safe, like feeling at peace. And that should be the goal. But here's the thing. Feeling safe for some people may feel boring. But being confident will literally remove drama from your life. And the thing is, so many people lack passion and purpose in their lives. So the wildness of drama and toxicities and craziness and whatever in their life actually fulfills them and fuels them because it gives them something to do. It gives them something to look forward to, something to talk about. Like that drama and craziness and insecurity and all that makes them feel like, okay, good, there's something going on. And if you're used to drama or toxic relationships and on and off and back and forth situations and arguments and confrontation and whatever then you might honestly push away peace and quiet and safety because it just feels too quiet too peace too too peaceful 
too safe. But honestly, it is stemming from insecurity if you like of wanting attention and wanting to feel involved. For some people, that is their purpose. That's what's purposeful for them. Being involved and having attention and even if it means negative attention. There's like no, you know how they say like no bad press, like no, no press is bad press. That's like this. No attention is bad attention. Um, and it's just an insecurity. They just want attention. But you realize how peaceful and quiet your life is and how safe you feel when you are at the most confident version of you. Because that version of you doesn't need to overthink, doesn't need to overshare. <laughs> I mean, I'm an overshare, but I, I don't know why I am like that. <laughs> I just am. But I mean oversharing out of a negative aspect of like feeling, you know, nervous or whatever. That, no. I just, I can't, I just can't shut the fuck up. That's why I overshare. <laughs> um, but the most confident version of you is not going to overdo anything. They're just going to feel fine in who they are. Okay, next. Speaking of lacking purpose and passion and all that, when you're the most confident, it removes FOMO from your life. So if you don't know what that means, FOMO is the fear of missing out. Now, when a confident person knows their purpose or has hobbies and things that they like to do and things that they love and people that they enjoy to be around, whatever, they trust in themselves and they trust in divine timing and they trust in their beliefs and their spiritual beliefs and they trust that everything happens for a reason. But when you're a little bit more on the insecure side, you're going to have the fear of missing out missing opportunities missing a night out with friends missing the drama like you're just going to feel like you can't get enough of what everyone else is doing you're so wrapped up in what everyone else is doing someone like me I have the opposite I have JOMO which is the joy of missing out (laughs) I'm so in my own fucking world. I'm always decluttering. I'm always making space and making room for more me time, more hobbies, more family stuff. Like for example, I just had a really fun brunch that I was supposed to go to last week and I had to miss it for family time because we were making gingerbread houses and you know and people even had reached out to me oh my god were you not invited to this thing I saw everybody went you weren't there I'm like no I was invited and I would have loved to go and I thought I was gonna go I planned on it but we were doing gingerbread houses with my family and like that's just that's what I'm supposed to be doing you know like there's more more value to me in that As much as I love those people, I don't have any fears of missing out on what they're doing because I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that I'm always exactly where I'm supposed to be and when I'm supposed to be there. And if I was meant to go to that brunch, then family time wouldn't have come up because for me, family time always comes first. It's always the priority, especially something like that, something like building our gingerbread houses and making a Christmas memory. So I don't compare myself to others or my timeline to others because I don't have this fear of like, 
well, if I don't go, you know, Jessica is going to get to spend more time with Samantha and then they're going to get closer and I'm not there and then they're going to make plans without me. It's like, okay, if that's the case, then so be it. Then I'm not meant to be friends with Jessica and Samantha or I'm not meant to hang out with Jessica and Samantha. I'm meant to do this and that's okay. I trust myself. I trust in divine timing. I trust in the universe. I trust in my beliefs. I trust in my standards and in my boundaries and in the things that I choose to say yes to and the things that I choose to say no to. And usually when you compare things like that, when you compare, you know, who's where and doing what and all that, you tend to compare timelines as well. Like, well, Samantha got this faster than I did or Jessica got more of this than I did like we just tend to see other people as more successful or luckier or more abundant we just love to observe what other people are doing and comparing our success or lack of success or their luck or our lack of luck whatever it might be we gotta we have to stop with watching what everyone else is doing, observing what everyone else is doing, and comparing to what everyone else is doing, and just trust in ourselves and trust that what's meant to be will be exactly how it's supposed to be, even if it hurts. So even if there's something that you want and somebody else wants at the same time and they get it first, there's a reason It was meant to happen for them that day and it'll happen for you when it's meant to happen for you and if it doesn't happen for you, then it wasn't meant to happen for you. It's that simple. Another reason why being confident, truly divinely embodying confident will change your life is because it will allow you to overcome the need for external validation. And you might not realize it because a lot of people don't, but many people do prioritize uh, external validation without even realizing without even knowing it they don't know that they're doing it again it's subconscious that's why to be confident you have to tap into this conscious energy unfortunately what happens is so many people get caught up in customizing their behaviors to everyone else's liking or everyone else's energy guys my very first episode the number one most downloaded streamed listened to episode the episode that's got me the most followers is the very first one I ever put out and it is we don't match energy we maintain ours and that's basically this don't match who people are don't adapt to their liking or their energy maintain your own energy so that the right people will attract and the wrong people will step away Because when you do that, when you customize your behaviors, okay, I swear to God, sorry, I can't even like, I have to stop for a second. Someone must be getting high outside of my house right now because I literally think that I'm getting high. Is there such thing as secondhand high? I know there's like secondhand smoking with like cigarettes, but does it count with weed if you're like not even, like I'm in my office right now, but holy cow it smells so bad like weed like it stinks and I'm not even saying like because I know so many people smoke weed fine I'm not even saying that it's like the worst thing in the world but it smells like dirty like I can't even explain the smell right now in my apartment 
Like, shit, if I didn't even know any better, I would think that this is a gas leak right now. Like, am I getting high? Can I get high? Because it's not in my house. It's somebody standing outside, certainly. I think that weed is legal in New Jersey now. So people just, you know, smoke outside and whatever. I don't give a shit to each their own. But like, go to somebody else's house. Because I'm over here trying to podcast. And I think I'm getting stoned right now. So (laughs) I'm like actually not well. (laughs) I literally am like, holy shit. It's like in my nose. I could like taste it in my mouth. Oh my god. I don't even remember what the hell I was saying. (laughs) Completely lost my train of thought. Anyway, let me try to remember. Um, What happens when people customize their behaviors to somebody else is that they never get to actually step into who they are. And they never get to actually unleash their true confidence because they aren't creating their own energy. They're shifting their energy. Their energy that's like trying to come out is being like swept under the rug and then they release an energy that just adapts and shifts to other people. So when that happens, you never really get a true sense of self because who will you be with this person? Who will you be with that person? And remember like what I said, you only want wants you. You can't fear rejection because the right people will gravitate. The wrong people will fuck off and you don't want what doesn't want you. And confidence and having true confidence is knowing that your value and that your worth is only measured by you. It's not measured by what other people think about you. So if you adapt to other people and you need this external validation and you fear judgment and approval from other people, then they're not actually going to like you. They're going to like the version that you present to them. So they'll never get to even know your true worth and they can't even see your true value Because you're not presenting your true value. So you're mirroring them. And and think about it. Going all the way back to what I said in the very beginning. That everything's a mirror. And so your energy is going to attract. Stop letting other people's energy be more powerful than yours. Because you are literally reflecting their energy. You are mirroring their energy instead of maintaining your own. So that's why I say be mindful of what you put out because that's what you're going to receive back. So if you put out an energy that's so heavily focused on external validation and approval from others, you're never going to find get the results that you want and get the energy matching that you want because the reflection that you receive is not going to be powerful. Well, it's going to be powerful, but it's not going to be po- positively powerful. It's going to be negatively powerful. And you need to understand the power that you hold because you determine what what's going to happen, positive or negative. So you're so powerful just as you are right now. You don't need to make any changes to become powerful. Humans are so, so, so powerful, especially women. We are so intuitive and so just so powerful and just so emotional and powerful and like we can emotionally and intuitively energetically get exactly what we want so remember this when it comes to external validation and the need for approval when you know what you know there is no need to entertain what they think doesn't matter let them judge you let them be confused Let them not understand. It is not your job 
to explain yourself and it is not your responsibility to make people happy. So don't entertain what they think because you know what you know and you will discover true peace and true confidence when these things do not affect you anymore or when they do not bother you the way that they used to. Another reason why having confidence changes your life is because it allows you to actually take a compliment and take it well. We tend to dismiss compliments, we deny them, we downplay them, we change a subject because of low self-esteem. It's more than likely the reasoning. Having low self-esteem is the reason why so many people get awkward when they receive a compliment. And the most tangible way to really practice you know, overcoming this and getting good at taking compliments is simply just saying thank you. Be mindful of your body language because that just goes to show how uncomfortable you are when you get you get fidgety, you, you can't make eye contact, you look at the ground, you fold your arms, you play with your hair, you look away, whatever. So be mindful of that. And also don't go into a compliment battle. Don't be like, like if someone says that they like your hair, don't be like, are you kidding? My hair looks gross. Your hair looks so good. Why? Just take the compliment. Just say thank you. So I want you guys to really get into just looking people in the eyes, maintaining eye contact, saying thank you. And if you want to really challenge yourself, if you want to really get out there, reaffirm the compliment. So something like that would be, again, let's go with the hair example. If someone said that they like your hair, you could say, thank you. Oh my God, I actually love how it came out today. My my curls came out so pretty today. Or oh, thank you, I just got my hair done. I love the way it looks, whatever. Like, agree with them. Think about, like, Regina George. So you agree. You think you're really pretty. Like, yes, exactly. (laughs) Reaffirm the compliment. So step one is to just simply say thank you. Smile, eye contact, thank you. Don't downplay it. Don't deny it. Don't shift. Don't change the subject. Don't go into a compliment battle. And step two to step it up is by agreeing. I love the way your makeup came out. Thank you so much. I loved it too. I just got all new makeup and it looked really pretty on my skin. I didn't like the last makeup that I was using on my skin. And now this one, I love it. Whatever it is, agree with them. Tell them that you feel the same way. But make sure that you're humble. You know, don't be cocky. Like, don't be like, yeah, I know. I I look great, (laughs) obviously. But feel free to agree. It's not like people are going to compliment you and want you to say, no, I'm not. If someone compliments you and wants you to be like, no, I'm not pretty. What are you talking about? Then they're a freak. Um, And that's usually not why people compliment you. People usually compliment you because they mean it, because it's genuine. And they probably assume that you feel the same way. So don't be afraid to own it and show it. And what's really important about this is that it shows that you have self-awareness. Because this is another byproduct of confidence. You increase your internal and external self-awareness. And part of that is literally knowing what you look like when you look in the mirror and loving what you look like and agreeing. But getting into self-awareness in general, it is how an individual consciously, like I said, consciously, I'm going to say that word 500 times. So just remember how important conscious living is. But self-awareness is how an individual consciously knows themselves. It's how they understand why they do the things that they do. It's how they understand why they are the way they are. 
their their characteristics, their their character in general, their feelings, their motives, their desires, their standards, their morals. It's knowing all of these things and recognizing and being aware of how they act on them. Okay, so that's what self-awareness is as a whole because there's two different types, internal and external. So internal is private. So private self-awareness is being clear with yourself on who you are. So when you have strong self-awareness, you know your values. You know what would make you happy and what doesn't make you happy. These are the things that you discover in private when you are alone and paying attention to yourself. It is your emotional self-awareness. It's understanding your true emotions and the way that you operate and the way that your brain thinks. It's just knowing the self. That's the private self-awareness. But then the public self-awareness, that external self-awareness, is how true you remain to yourself. Because... A lot of people lack external or public self-awareness due to conforming, like I said, matching people's energies, conforming to societal standards, all of these certain things. We become a victim to it. So having really strong external self-awareness is being able to really see if you honor your boundaries and your standards. If you guys listened to my podcast episode with, oh my god, why am I drawing a blank on her name right now? Oh, Michelle, Michelle Panning. Um, It was the episode about your seductress archetype and all of that type of energy, masculine energy. I can't remember exactly what it's titled, but you'll see, I think it may be like the feminine energy and the seductress archetype, something like that. If you listen to that episode, she says something like, If you don't actually maintain your standards, then they're not standards, they're preferences. So it might be what you prefer, it might be what you like, but it's clearly not the standard for you because it's not what you require. And I always like to call standards requirements because that's what external self-awareness is. Having these standards and requiring them. And if someone doesn't match or meet your standards, then they're not fulfilling the requirements, which means that they can't get your time. So don't lower your standards. Don't change things for other people. That's a sign of low self-esteem. Like I said, that's a sign of anxiety. That's a sign of insecurity. It's not being secure in your, drumroll please, in your private self-awareness. So that lack of discipline and morality and lowering your standards for people and all that, that truly comes from not being secure in who you are. The more secure you are in, in yourself, the more sense of self that you have, the more clarity that you have on yourself and the things around you, and it allows you to stop romanticizing things. Because we tend to romanticize our thoughts, We romanticize people, relationships. We tend to romanticize things. We see things as better than they are. But that often happens when we look at things in a gray area rather than in black and white. And I always talk about how important it is to see things in black and white because that's what allows you to gain full clarity. And that's what allows you to not, um, you know, romanticize and see things for more than what they truly are. So the more 
the, the better our self-awareness is, internal and external, the better our clarity will be and seeing things in black and white at face value exactly as they are, not for the potential of what they could be and not for the, that romanticized idea that we kind of make up in our own head. And lastly, what I think, honestly, from stepping into my truest form of confidence and how it has changed my life is that I've been able to tap into my feminine energy more. And of course, you have to have a balance. I have such strong masculine energy. I really do. We have to have a balance of both. I used to only ever heavily rely on my masculine and I was always in action mode and go mode and do mode. But now, as I've become more confident, I've tapped into my creative mode and my softer mode and my emotional mode. Like, oh my God, I've gotten so much more emotional. And also, I've, I've tapped into an energy that allows me to ask people for help. Because that was always me. I never would ask anyone for anything. I never would ask anyone for help. But these days, I'm outsourcing, I'm asking questions, I'm asking for assistance, I'm asking for help. I'm really understanding what I like, what I don't like, what I enjoy, what is not fun for me. And it's allowed me to just honor that and just feel more peaceful with myself and even just nurturing myself. Because when I was really heavily in my masculine energy... I did not nurture myself at all. I did not give to myself from the soul. I was never resting. Did not just, I just didn't feel good because I didn't have a sense of taking care of myself. And now my feminine energy is like all about self care and all about feeling good internally and externally. And I've been able to really find that balance. And a lot of people struggle. A lot of women struggle just being in their masculine. But I think that that's an insecurity. At least speaking from my own experience. Because I had an insecurity around the fact that like, if I don't overperform, then it's, gonna, it's not going to go well. Or if I don't do it, then it's not going to get done. I have no one or anyone to help me. No one would do this. I'm, I can only rely on myself. I can only depend on myself. There's no one else that, you know, I can turn to. But now as I've stepped into, like I said, a lighter, lighthearted, more softer way, I realize that there are always going to be people who want to help me. If I'm kind to people, then they'll be kind to me. If I'm helpful for people, then they're going to be helpful to me. And yeah, I just, I, I water my friendships and I water the people that are around me so that they can bloom and that they can grow and that they can feel good in my presence and in my energy. And that's, that's the feminine, baby. Just taking something good and making it great just by simply being and not by doing and especially not by overdoing. Okay, now let's get into this week's Dear Victoria segment. If you are not familiar, I do a segment at the end of my episodes where I take submissions from people and share your stories and give my advice on your scenarios. 
And I try to pick the ones that aren't too long. This one is actually a long one, but I really wanted to share it because it's just like, it's a story and people love a story time. So I'm ready to tell the story. Um, But if you guys want to send your questions and scenarios to me for advice, it could be literally anything. It doesn't have to be about boys, even though that's what most people ask. It could be about anything and everything that you feel would be in my area of of expertise that I personally can give you like my knowledge on some people have sent me some things that I'm like girl I have no idea like I don't even know how to answer that question so if you think that I have the knowledge on it great send it over to me Just make sure to make the um, subject say Dear Victoria. This way it doesn't get lost in the shuffle of all the other inquiries. And I can, you know, make sure to put it with the right folders and the right submissions. And you will email me to victoria.forthegirlspodcast at gmail.com. So it's a bit of a long email, but For the Girls was taken, For the Girls podcast was taken. Like it was just whatever so victoria dot like a period for the girls podcast at gmail.com so let's get into it dear victoria boy do i have a story for you i met this guy while we were both working in the er i was brand new to the hospital setting and he was very experienced he showed interest right off the bat and started taking me out and talking to me he however didn't want any of our coworkers to know because they quote quote can't be trusted and the quote quote nurses at the ER are the cattiest nurses ever so just make sure to watch your back. He told me there were many rumors going around that he was a player and that all the girls wanted him and they would treat me differently if they knew about us. So I kept our situationship a secret dot 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 for three years. Holy fucking shit. I'm already shook at the three year secret relationship. Anyway. Fast forward, we both left the ER due to COVID. He went to the ICU and I went to post-op surgery. He lost his job due to a back surgery and I helped him get one in the post-op because it would be easier on his injured back. Now he works in post-op with me and I recently found out he was sleeping with two of our coworkers since he started. Holy shit again, not one, two. Mind you, I was living with him at this point and met his family. And although we never officially said we were dating, he told me I was the only one he wanted in his life and loved bringing me to holidays and birthdays with his family and all of his friends. Okay, now you lost me because what? You were living with him, but you weren't officially dating? That's weird. That's confusing. He was not your boyfriend? But you resided at the same home? You lived in the same house? That, I I think I need more context there. Because I don't understand how it could be like, we live together, but we're not officially dating. What are you then? Roommates who fuck? Like, I'm so confused. What did I just read? Okay, moving on. When I found out from my other two coworkers about this, I kind of lost it, bawled my eyes out, and asked my boss to leave early so I could pack up my things from his house. I blocked him on everything and haven't talked to him since. 
Now, it's been about two months since everything went down. I've had other random nurses from other departments walk up to me when I'm in the hallways, elevator, cafeteria, telling me that they heard what happened and telling me that they too were involved with the same man and would show me pictures of them in his bed. Oh my god, this guy was fucking the whole hospital. Now there's nurses leaving because they don't want to work anywhere near him. Should I leave too? It's hard still seeing him at work every day and watching him flirt with other girls. He manipulated me into thinking I was just anxious and worried when he was talking to other girls that it was all in my head and now I know I wasn't wrong. I still miss him too and wonder if I should unblock him to talk to him and get closure, but I'm worried he'll try blaming everything on me since he's upset he got caught. I wonder if he's ever even had real feelings for me or if it was all a lie. And since I'm the only girl he brought home to his family, oh, or since I, okay, she's wondering if it was all a lie that she's the only girl he brought home to his family and lived with him. I don't know. Lost me a little bit with that sentence, but we, we got the point. I don't know if I should leave my job or go to a different one. Any advice would help. Okay. First things first is that you got him this job. It's not to say that because you gave it to him, you could take it away. But I don't think you should be the one to leave the job. I think that you should go to HR and tell them all the drama and tell them this is why all these nurses are leaving. And I would tell them like, listen, I think I'm going to leave because of how bad it is. Like he gaslit me, manipulated me amongst all the other nurses and is making it a really bad environment for people to work here. I mean, HR already got involved because she said it actually, I, I, I just realized I didn't say the sentence out loud, but I'm reading it. She said HR had to get involved because he tried to follow me around work to talk. So HR already is aware. HR already got involved. So it's not like you're kind of coming out of left field with a coworker that they're unaware of and being like, fire this guy. But it's like, listen, I got bamboozled. I brought this guy into this job thinking that this is my boyfriend that I live with. Turned out all this stuff happened. Now he's making everyone uncomfortable. All these nurses are leaving. And just talk to them and see what they say. I don't think your first thing should be jumping to leave because this was your job and you got him. I think he should be the one to go. Now, if it's not an option and if he doesn't get let go and if he doesn't get moved to a different, you know, area of the hospital or whatever, then you can say, okay, well, if I feel this uncomfortable, like I need to go. Like if it's that bad, then yes, go because you'll find another job, I'm sure. And you won't have to deal with this ever again. So you'll, you'll be happy somewhere else. You'll be comfortable and fine somewhere else. I just think that you should wait and like weigh your options first and see how HR can help you and if they even can help you because you know they might say it's personal drama we can't get involved but at the same time if you say well this personal drama is what's resulting in all these nurses leaving then it's not just personal drama it's workplace drama too it's a problem here and take whatever proof that you have to take to make sure that they know that this is legit also what do you mean you miss him? You don't miss him. You miss those romanticized things that, like I said in this episode, you need to gain clarity on. You got to see things in black and white. The things that you miss weren't even real, okay? Because it was manipulation. 
It was a facade. It was a front. It was lies. Yes, you might have been living with him. Yes, he might have told you all these amazing things. Yes, you might have great memories. Yes, you might have met his family and felt really comfortable with them. But at the cost of what? Like, what is it? What's the value there when you find out that the whole time he had other girls in his bed and was sleeping with all these nurses and telling them the same things? You like, you don't miss the reality of the situation because the the reality of the situation is is all this. So you miss the potential. You miss what you thought that it was. You miss what you felt like it was. And the honest truth is what you felt like it was isn't the reality. So you don't miss him. You don't need to go back. You don't need to talk to him because you don't miss him. You didn't have something healthy and great and you miss that. You had something that was, yes, a lie. It's not to say that he never had feelings for you. I'm sure he had feelings for you. You lived with him. You, you had a relationship for three years. I'm sure to a degree that he had feelings for you, but that doesn't mean he had respect for you. There's a difference. He can like you, have feelings for you. He could even think he loves you, but he does not have respect for you because if he had respect for you, then the relationship would have been real. There wouldn't have been other women involved. And it's not like there were one, there were two that you found out about at first and then there were more. And more came forward. You said two months since then, you've had all these other random nurses come up to you all around your job. So clearly, everyone felt misguided by him. There might be other girls that think they had even more of a relationship with him than you. He, like, you, you are saying, well, we had all this. Meanwhile, there might be another one who obviously maybe didn't live with him. But you don't know. She could have met the family. He could have told her she's the only girl in the world. She, he might have made her empty promises. You have no idea how severe other people think that their relationship was with him. So you don't need closure from him. Because what, what kind of closure can a liar give you? If he wasn't honest to you then, why would he be honest to you now? He's going to still lie because like you said, he's only upset he got caught. He's not upset about what he's done or the reality of the situation or losing you. He's upset that he, he's lost his magic. He's upset that, you know, this player got busted. It's like John Tucker must die when he had three different girlfriends and then they all teamed up and had this operation to get back at him. He didn't really give a shit what he did to any of them. He just was like, all right, well... Now I'm going to be honest with all my girlfriends. And that was how the movie ended. Is that at the end, he was not monogamous. He was still dating 500 girls. But instead, he was telling them all, listen, I'm single. I'm dating all these people. So clearly this man is like John Tucker. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever be honest, but clearly he doesn't want monogamy. Clearly he doesn't want one woman. He wants several. And... That like, you know, you, what can you do with that? You got to give yourself closure. I don't believe that closure comes from other people anyway, because the honest truth is, even if you have a conversation with someone to gain closure, you don't actually get the closure from them. You get the closure because you decided to accept the closure. So no matter whether you get closure alone or whether you get closure with the other party present, it doesn't make a difference because the only way to actually feel the closure is 
within yourself and making your own conscious decision that this chapter has closed. So to me, he doesn't need to be present for that. You can tell yourself, here's the reality. He lied to me for three years, cheated on me, whatever, slept with all these nurses, played all of us. And I don't like that. I don't want that. that that's not helpful for me. It's actually very toxic for me. And it's not healthy for me to worry about. You need to worry about your job, your workplace, your comfort at your job. You have much more important things to worry about than the closure of this relationship from him. Give yourself the closure that you need. It's the only way that you will have peace is by telling yourself, here it is in black and white. Here it is at face value. I'm done romanticizing it. I'm done thinking that things are better than they were because that's another thing. When we tend to romanticize situations, we look back on them as better than they were. So we look back on things as if they were so great because we no longer have it. And we tend to forget about the insecurity and the confusion and the dark times and whatever. And we just focus on the really good memories and the good sex and whatever. And it's like, you'll make good memories again with somebody else. You'll have good sex again with somebody else. You don't need it from this person. So give yourself the closure. Remind yourself of your power because you have enough power to do it yourself. And focus on moving forward with work and getting into a really, you know, healthy workplace situation. So that is all we have for today. So as a friendly reminder, email me your situations and questions for advice to victoria.forthegirlspodcast.com. Join the waitlist for my Queens of Confidence course in the show notes. Join that link right there and inquire about one-on-one private coaching as well through the show notes. The link is there as well. Until next time, girls.